Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like, so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test. And then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me. Cause I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with $0 in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that today's guest is Alyssa, and i love chatting with her Alyssa is initially from Minnesota. She moved to California when she was 22 years old to pursue a career in the fashion industry. Her first job was in a fast-paced, high-stress retail environment. And as a highly sensitive, deeply empathetic person working in this type of environment, was very jarring for her. She did her best to develop a thick skin, but within a few months of her new job, she was diagnosed with severe digestive issues that were induced by the constant anxiety and stress in her life. So one of the cool things about Alyssa is she knows so much. She is a mentor for highly sensitive souls. So we go into what is a highly sensitive person? What 
sort of things can we do to let our partner know if we're highly sensitive to communicate better with them? What are some signs that we are? What her journey was like discovering that she is highly sensitive and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. So thank you so much, Alyssa, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments we might resonate with. Let's start there. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I'm still, I have one more year left in my 20s. I'm 29, so I'm soaking it all in. (laughs) But yeah, so gosh, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, like, in my early 20s. So I went, I grew up in Minnesota, and then I went to college in Wisconsin. I, you know, college, of course, was crazy. And at that time, I didn't really, I I didn't have good self-worth. I did not know who I was. And so like, when I look back at those college years, a lot of what I think about is, you know, I had a lot of fun, but I also was in like a really unhealthy relationship that like really impacted me. In retrospect, I can see that really tied to just like me not feeling good about myself. And so I allowed a lot of treatment that today makes me cringe because it just like wasn't okay. So I just was like a very lost person at that time. I, you know, the work I do today is with highly sensitive people, which I know we'll get into more, but that in my early 20s, this was before I knew I was a highly sensitive person. So I was often trying to numb out and just try to feel like I could care less. And so drinking a lot and things like that really helped me cope uh, because made it hard in social settings sometimes being so sensitive. So anyway, yeah, early to like 22, I was in this unhealthy relationship. But a really amazing turning point in my life was when I graduated college, I graduated, I did not have like a set plan, which it, I just wasn't, I've never been a planner. I'm kind of go with the flow. So I graduated college and I started working at the Nordstrom at the Mall of America as a sales associate, which is like a job I could have gotten without a degree, but just didn't have anything lined up. And I was applying for jobs all over the country. I didn't care where I went. I had just ended that unhealthy relationship. So I was like, screw it. Let's just see where the universe takes me. And uh, I got a degree in retail merchandising and management. So I was, I was applying for corporate retail positions all over the country. And it was crazy because I got this phone call one day from a California phone number. And I was like, who is calling me from California? Like, that's so weird. I was like driving in a blizzard with my girlfriends. <laughs> like, what is going on? So I ignored the call and then they left a message. And it was a a corporate retail company out in Southern California that wanted to interview me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had forgotten I had applied. So interviewed for the position. It was an internship position and it started in three weeks. So I literally, I I got the position. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And so I had three weeks to find a place to live, figure out like how I was going to make this work. And I did it. And it was like super exhilarating. So I was like, I think, yeah, I moved when I was 22, had no friends in California, made $10 an hour. Like my parents lent me 200 bucks a month to help supplement, but that was it. Like I was very poor. And yeah, so from there, it was just like, it was a whirlwind. It was so fun. I I told myself, if I make friends in California, I'm going to stay here. And my internship group was amazing. I met like one of my best friends on day one. And yeah, so I ended up getting hired full time at this at this corporate job, which at first was like a total dream. It was like the dream company, like so cool. I loved it. But when sales started declining at the company, 
it got really stressful and really toxic. And so it quickly became an environment that was not good for me to be in. I started experiencing like extreme digestive issues. I started losing hair. I was like really chronically stressed out. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that happened in this, in this time frame. So that was all within the matter of like a couple of years, probably till I was 24. Also around that time, I met my now husband. We met on a dating app. I literally got very lucky. I downloaded a dating app. Who's the first and only date I went on and I met him right away. And it was like love at first sight. So yeah, I don't, I can keep going or if there's anywhere you want to stop me, feel free. Yeah. So I'd love to go back to, you were in this unhealthy relationship. You're feeling like you weren't worthy of more. Did you have that? Did that realization come to you like later down the line? Or did you know that it was unhealthy for you then? And also a second part to that question would be like, what did you start to do to work on feeling worthy again? Yeah, yeah, I definitely knew it was unhealthy at the time. It was so tumultuous. It was, yeah, it was very tumultuous. But it was hard for me because we had the same friend group and I was like, I couldn't imagine. I'm like, this is going to cause so many issues if, if we don't make this work. So I just like tried to make it work when it, it shouldn't have basically. But yeah, I was like aware at the time, but it was just, you know, when the, those toxic relationships where it's just like, it's hard to separate. So even though, you know, and I didn't have the awareness then that it was like a low self-worth thing. It wasn't until I moved and I was completely far away cut off conversation that I could kind of like have some time to reflect on it. I didn't really do any self work. I wasn't into like personal development at the time, but a big turning point was for me before I met my husband. I went on like five dates with some other guy that I had met and turned out he was like, had a girlfriend and was just like a total loser. And I cut that off right away. And I was like, I had this like epiphany, like I will not settle for anything less. Like this is just, I don't want to ever deal with that. I just like made this internal decision. And that was a huge turning point for me. Um, And then it wasn't until I started dating my husband that I started to see how my last relationship had really affected me in terms of like trust and like my self-esteem. And so while in my relationship with my husband, I kind of started like looking at my past patterns and journaling and meditating and all of that, because I did not want it to affect the good relationship I had with him. That's crazy. The first date that you go on dating, I'm still trying to wrap my head around. I know. And it was like, it was nuts. I literally am not making this up. I'm, I saw him. I was like, we're going to get married. It was so weird. I've never had that happen. It was instantaneous for me. Like totally is wild. And what was it about him on that date that you knew? It was like, it was literally just felt like we had known each other before. Like I just, immediately felt at ease and like we knew each other and then we just like had so much fun like because that feeling I had came before like you know he said hi to me and I just knew but yeah it's so weird even like seeing his picture on the dating app like you know I thought it was cute but I also just had this weird feeling it was just a very intuitive thing I think (laughs) it's like hard to explain but sometimes you just know and I'd love to dive into your journey realizing that you are highly sensitive like how did you realize that and like when, did you know about this phrase or like how this phrase and all of this knowledge like kind of come into your life yeah so the time I realized I was highly sensitive was at that corporate job when things started getting really toxic and really unhealthy and I was like having these stomach issues so the stomach issues were really really bad like 
it got to a point where I could seriously hardly eat anything without getting super sick. And it was really frustrating and it didn't make sense. It like, I knew that like gluten upset me. I knew dairy upset me, but even when I wasn't eating those things, I was getting sick. So it was like unclear. So I started seeing different gastroenterologists and they did not know what was wrong with me. I did endoscopies, like scans they were like I'm you know they couldn't tell me the third gastroenterologist I went to told me about something called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth otherwise known as SIBO and we did this like test and that was what I had she gave me antibiotics they didn't work so I was just like super distraught ended up going to a holistic doctor which was like a totally new thing for me never had done, done anything like that and he told me that a lot of my digestive issues were actually due to emotional stress it was a lot of stuff i was just holding on to and getting stressed from my environment and this was the time then that i learned about the term highly sensitive person I don't remember the exact timing, but my mom had randomly heard about this book called The Highly Sensitive Person by Dr. Elaine Aaron, and she is like the researcher who coined this term in the early 90s. So I got the book. I read it in like a weekend, and I was like, oh my gosh, this describes me. And that was why, because I'm a highly sensitive person, HSP, that's why I was so impacted by my work environment, because highly sensitive people are just like more sensitive to everything. So if there's stress around you, it's going to impact you if you don't have good practices to like protect yourself. And so actually a lot of HSPs develop chronic digestive issues or other chronic illnesses because your emotional stress can like wreak havoc on your physical health. So that it was like, I got to a breaking point and then that's when I learned about it. And what are like some ways that we can tell that we are highly sensitive Yeah. So there's a self-test you can take on Dr. Elaine Aaron's website. Her website is hsperson.com. And so there's a test, it's out of 27 questions. And I forget the number, but if you score a certain number, you're a highly sensitive person. So I score 24 out of 27. Some of the signs you're highly sensitive would be like, you know, some of the questions, like you have a deep, rich inner life. You startle easily you you know you're deeply moved by things like art and beauty like you're the type of person who's just like wow that like really affects you on a deep level highly sensitive people will be more sensitive usually to like lights like you might need your lighting a certain way you might be the person who's really sensitive to like smells you notice things other people don't notice you're very empathetic. Yeah, those are some of the main things that I can think of. Intuitive, usually. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm curious, like, how many highly sensitive people are there? So like they common? make, yeah, 15 to 20% of the population. So minority, for sure. And I, I feel like most people don't know they're highly sensitive. Mm-hmm. And when you first, like, came upon, like, the highly sensitive and, like, the book and everything, did you have any resistance towards it, towards, like, putting a title on it? Or kind of, like, did you have any resistance there? I actually did not. I felt relief because I always felt like I was just like weird. I felt like different. I felt like there was something wrong with me because I just was always so impacted by things. And I always thought there was something wrong with me because I was just, everything was always so intense. The highs were high, the lows were low. And I'm like, this is, it's just too much. So for me, when I read about it, I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Like this is such a a game changer, but like in society, like you hear highly sensitive, like people are probably automatically going to think that's like a negative thing and think of a person that just like cries all the time. So at first it's not like I was like going around and announcing it to people. Like 
it took years before I was even like sharing anything about it. But, you know, now I, I have such a passion for sharing about it because it's not a bad thing. And it's not just about being emotionally sensitive. It's like the whole gamut, like there's a lot to it. So, you know, there's just such a stigma around it, but it's, it's a really great thing actually. And what are some ways that we can shift it from seeing it as something that we have to deal with or seeing it as something negative to seeing it as a strength? Yeah, I mean, I think that it helps to be around other highly sensitive people in a in an uplifting community. So when I first learned I was highly sensitive, I like went to Facebook, there's all sorts of Facebook groups, but I would find that a lot of the groups I was in were really negative, like a lot of people complaining and saying how hard the trait was. And that actually was like really depressing for me. But so eventually I started sharing about it myself and kind of talking about it in a positive light because in my own life, I was kind of learning. Yeah. So I I was finding in my own life that I was, I was learning positive things about it because if you read the book, the highly sensitive person, which I would recommend any HSP to read, it actually talks a lot about, it teaches you the science of the trait and you learn a lot of the benefits from it. So that like gathering information about the trait, I think is really helpful because when you learn more about it, you can see that it's actually like a really cool thing. But yeah, so for me, I had joined these groups. I was very negative and draining. So I started sharing about my own journey and really wanted to talk about it in a positive light. And I found that there was a lot of other HSPs who also felt the same as me and like, you know, wanted to focus more on the benefits of it instead of why it's a, why it's hard. So I think being around other HSPs is really important. There are amazing people out there who are on the same page about it. I also think that like in order for us to reap the benefits of it and lean into that, we need to learn how to take really good care of ourselves. Because if we're not like, if we don't have good stress reduction habits, if we don't get enough rest, things like that, we're not even going to be able to tap into the benefits of being highly sensitive because we're going to be so drained and, you know, off balance. So we can't even access like the things that are good about it. So that's why I like share on my Instagram page so much like information to help highly sensitive people learn how to thrive because it just looks different for us. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the ways that you manage your stress and protect your energy? Yeah, for me, I'm like huge on having a morning practice. Like I always tell my clients, like you need to like put your armor on for the day is what I like to call it. Because if you're an HSP, you're 15 to 20% of the population, like the world is not going to like stop and cater to you. It's going to be what it is. So it's important for us to like set ourselves up for success. So to me, meditation has been a game changer. Like I meditate probably 10 to 20 minutes every morning, like no excuses. I do it. That really, really helps me. I also find movement to be really helpful. So I love doing like Pilates, yoga, things like that, like low impact journaling as well. Love journaling. So all of these things, like I, that's a non-negotiable part of my morning. And then it kind of sets me up to be like, okay, no matter what happens in the rest of my day, like I did what I could to put good into my, to myself and set myself up for success. So that's huge. And also like highly sensitive people are going to be more impacted by everything. So another thing I always suggest, I'm not a dietitian, like I don't, you know, I don't like to be dogmatic about things, but we are really affected by caffeine. So I would say for me, one cup of coffee is it like, I can't do more than that. Same with like too much sugar will kind of like exacerbate things. So I always say like 
keeping those to a minimum is really going to make a huge difference as well. And what are some ways, let's say we have a friend who's highly sensitive or a partner who's highly sensitive. What's some ways you think someone can help support someone who's highly sensitive? I think the biggest thing I would say is like giving them space to be themselves. So a highly sensitive person is like going to get more impacted by things and it's going to get more overwhelmed more easily. So something that might not be overwhelming to to a non-HSP, like say you go to a concert and the highly sensitive person is like really overstimulated by like all the lights, the noise, the crowd, like they're kind of getting a little bit anxious and a non-HSP might like not even think anything of it. I think it instead of someone being like, oh, why are you freaking out? Like, it's fine. It's no big deal. Like, this is fun. Instead being like, oh, like, is there anything I can do to support you? Do you want to like step outside for some air? Like... Or just really being non-judgmental and just saying, oh, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. You know, just like giving space instead of like judging. I think that's a hard thing for HSPs. A lot of people feel like their feelings were invalidated because others just don't get it. And it's not like HSPs need to be babied. Like it's up to us to manage our own experience and our emotions, but it does help when there's someone with you that's not like judging you or making you like making it seem like you're crazy for it. And let's say you are an HSP and you just discovered it and you want to start to have this conversation with your partner or your family members. What's a good way to start like introducing this conversation to them? Yeah, that's a huge question I get. And I'm, my partner is not a highly sensitive person. So I've definitely like navigated this myself. I think first and foremost, we have to approach it like openly and without expectation. Because like I said, there's like a stigma around being sensitive. So some people might not be so receptive to it right away. They might think like, you know, they might not get it. And so we have to like prepare ourselves for that and not go into it being like, oh my gosh, if they don't accept this, like they're a bad person, like it's gonna, it might take people some time. I also want to say that it's important for us to like start to accept it within ourselves, because if we are going into it, looking for validation from everyone else, we're going to, we might be disappointed. We might be frustrated. So I always tell people that, but I think what I have found helpful is like sharing the research about it, which Dr. Elaine Aaron has a ton of highly sensitive person, like highly sensitive people have something called sensory processing sensitivity. And that's a, that's a sci- the scientific term for being a highly sensitive person. And it's a trait. It's not a disorder. It's not like anything you need to be diagnosed. It's just like, if you're an extrovert or an introvert, it's just like a trait in the way your brain is wired. So I find that like sharing the facts about it is, is helpful. It's not like you're, it's something you're making up. You can also like something fun I've done or fun quote unquote, is like have your partner take the HSP self-test and see what their score is. Like I had my husband take it. He was a nine, like not sensitive really. So it's kind of like a conversation starter and, and it can also kind of help explain like if you're you know, your partner doesn't understand why you cry so easily or you get so worked up or whatever. When they understand that this is a thing, it might actually help you have a stronger bond because they understand like, this is just, you know, how she's wired. So yeah, that's what I would say. And I was reading one of your posts and it was like about how like highly sensitive people, they struggle with putting up boundaries to begin with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted mm-hmm. you to kind of go deeper into that. Why do we struggle so much with wanting to put up those boundaries? Yeah, that's so huge. And it having boundaries is key for us to like feel good as sensitive people. There's a few reasons. Like for one, highly sensitive people have more empathy. Like 
we're just very empathetic people. And so at, because of that, it can be harder for us to say no to things because we can literally like feel how someone else is feeling. We can feel the disappointment. We can maybe feel the disapproval and that can be hard for us to sit with. We also, because of that, like, you know, if we don't have high self-worth and we haven't done that work on ourselves, we might think that, you know, disappointing someone makes us a bad person. Or if we're not always available, that makes us a bad person because maybe as a kid, you were always like uh, praised for being helpful. You were always the caretaker and that became your role. Another thing is like a lot of highly sensitive people have experienced trauma and like HSPs are going to be more impacted by traumatic life events because of the way we're wired. So you know, maybe you didn't have a, a safe household. And so you couldn't have a boundary, like in order to keep yourself from getting in trouble or whatever the consequence would have been, maybe you had to always just do whatever everyone said. So there's a lot of reasons for it, it but it's definitely a huge struggle for sensitive people. So I mean, I share a lot like about how HSPs can learn to set boundaries. My big thing is starting small, like I don't think we need to go into it with like setting the biggest, scariest boundary. If it's brand new to you, it's going to be incredibly uncomfortable. So I always tell people like, start with like, if you always respond immediately to a text, like take time responding because you're really like showing like by you taking that action, like you're showing yourself that you are capable of protecting your energy and space. And that's, that's important. Um, and then there's like energetic boundaries, because again, HSPs are very empathetic. So a lot of sensitive people will tell me they like walk into a room and they feel everyone's energy. And if somebody's in a bad mood, it affects them. So, you know, there's definitely like codependent patterns there for sure, because, you know, it's that idea, like if they're not good, then I'm not good. If they're sad, then I'm sad. And like, that's like such a disempowering way to live. Like, then we just have no control. So I always teach HSPs to like, before you go into a situation, like have an intention of how you're going to walk into that room. There's this quote, I know Oprah has said it, I don't know who originally said it, but it's like, please be responsible for the energy you bring into this space. So it's like kind of bringing the ownership back to you. Like, okay, how do I want to show up in this space? And also like, you know, we have to ground ourselves sometimes before going into a space. So we're not like so susceptible. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot, a lot there. And how do you not pick up on other people's energies when you're around them all the time? Like it could be very tempting to just kind of take on their energy. Like what, what have you been doing to not do that? Yeah, no, definitely. It is hard for sure. So I tell, so the intention thing I find really important. A lot of people like doing like what's called like a shielding technique. So you kind of visualize this like invisible shield around yourself and it can be like a meditation you do before you go into a social situation and you're just imagining this invisible shield and everyone's energy is like bouncing off of off of you and it's again it's just kind of like an intention to not absorb sometimes easier said than done it definitely takes practice but that is something that helps there's a practice called me not me and it's this idea of like when you're in a situation if you're starting to feel like you're picking up everyone else's stuff you kind of like take a you know, take a beat and kind of get in touch with like, what does it feel like to be in my body? And maybe that means you like, notice what your feet feel like on the ground, or you're sitting in the chair, like what that feels like. And the idea is you're just getting back into your own body, into your own energy and like recognizing 
your separateness from another person. But like, you know, this is going to happen. Like we can do all the things. We're still susceptible at times to like pick things up. So after a social setting, a situation, I always recommend doing like a cord cutting meditation, which is something I have, like I have one I recorded for sensitive people. And the intention with that, the idea with that is like, you're cutting the energetic cords from others. So it's like disconnecting yourself from all of the engagements you've had that day and reconnecting with your own energy. And that seems to help a lot of people, myself included. It's just like very grounding to get back to yourself and in your own energy. Is there anything you wish you would have known at your beginning of your journey of finding out you're highly sensitive? Yeah, let me think. I think that, I mean, I just wish I would have known how important the people are around you and like the importance of boundaries. Because I think at first I thought that, okay, if I just meditate every day and if I just like eat healthy, then I'll be fine. But I still had people in my life that weren't amazing. And I still like, I didn't know exactly how to navigate friendships and things like that in a healthy way. So I think I, I wish I would have known, yeah, the importance of the people you surround yourself with and the importance of having like that community of other people who get it. Because even though I understood this about myself with the trait, I didn't really know other people who were like me. So, you know, it was awesome, but I still felt kind of alone at times. And so that would be one thing, just like knowing, you know, the right type of people to have around me and also just recognizing the importance of boundaries and and learning how to say no, because I, you know, I knew I was an HSP, but I was still people pleasing and that was depleting my energy in a different way. So yeah, I think that's really important. And did you always know you were going to go into this work? Like, did you always know you were going to share these messages or like, how did this evolve for you? Yeah, no, I never, literally never would have thought that in my life. I, so it happened very organically. I started my blog two and a half years ago, almost. I was like, basically, I I started getting really inspired as I was working with my holistic doctor, because that's when I was like, getting into meditation, getting into personal development, getting into spirituality, and all of these things were like blowing my mind and like changing my life. And I was just like, really inspired all of the time. And I've always loved to write like forever. I've loved to write. And I wasn't doing that at all. I was working I I got a new corporate job and, you know, way better company, but I wasn't doing anything creative. So I just got this like intuition one day. I was like, gosh, I just want to write. I just want to like talk about all of the things that I'm learning. So I randomly started a blog and it started like my tag, my tagline was like, uh, seeing the beauty in the everyday or something like that. And it was literally just like an inspirational blog. And I, I loved doing it. I I had so much fun. And occasionally I would write about my experience of being a sensitive person, but that was not the main theme at all. I didn't really think it like anyone would care, or, like want to hear about that. But what I found was that anytime I talked about sensitivity, people really resonated with it. And, you know, I had like 30 followers on Instagram, like no one, you know, it was a small amount of people, but that's what I noticed, like, got more attention. And I really liked writing about it. So over time, it really evolved. Like, I would say I've been talking solely about a highly sensitive people for like a year and a half. So it's not like it's been the whole time. So it just happened organically. And it, like, 
last September, I started a membership community for highly sensitive people. And that was just like a random idea I had. And I'm like, this would be really cool. Started it like super scrappy, like nothing perfect, but threw it out there. And now it's been around for a year. We have over 100 members, which to me is crazy. I started working with clients one-on-one, which is like, it just again, happened kind of naturally because some of my members wanted to work one-on-one with me. So very organic. And it's like, but it's like so clear to me, like, oh, this is your calling. Like it all makes sense, but it was not part of the plan at all. And what's something that you're learning right now? I'm learning that it's not my responsibility to fix other people or manage their experience, which I should know by now, but I, it's when you're in a position of like helping others and mentoring others, it's really easy to get attached to how everyone else is doing. And I get lots of messages on Instagram and lots of people needing help and it can be really easy for me to think that I need to just do like quote unquote, save them and do all of these things. And it's, so it's my own issue with boundaries. Like, you know, it's never perfect. I'm still working on that. So I'm learning that I can't, I don't, it's not my job to fix everyone. Like people have to do the work on themselves and if they want to take it further and they want to you know, work with me, then they can, and we can like work together, but I simply cannot like do it for other people. I can't do that for every single person on Instagram. So it's very easy for me to get like personally involved and like really invested in people. And I have to know when to take a step back because I only have so much energy and time and I have to like take care of myself. So it's definitely a balance, especially if you're very passionate about something, you, you know, you want to do it all the time. And so I, I also struggle with like sometimes being workaholic, like to be honest with you, I'm like, I never want to stop. And then I'm highly sensitive and my body is like, no, you need to stop. So I I'm still learning my own limits with a lot of things. (laughs) And what's something you're really excited about right now? Ooh, I'm excited because I decided I'm going to like create a course for highly sensitive people. And I don't know the exact topic yet. I'm, I'm going to figure that out, but I'm excited because I love creating. It's like my favorite thing ever. And so I'm just excited anytime I have a new project and like a blank page in front of me, just to kind of see what it will become. I'm really pumped about that. And what's something that keeps you grounded? Something that keeps me grounded, honestly, is like my relationship with my husband and having people in my life who are not in this self-development space, which might sound weird, but it actually is just like really amazing for me to like go out to dinner and just like live life and not be like constantly thinking about like, oh, this area of my life needs to be fixed or I need to do this or whatever. Like, I love that stuff, but it also can be so heady and so much. So I actually love just like, you know, going out laughing, like watching a movie because I feel like it. And like, just the things that don't, you know, aren't so serious, like I, having fun and just like being a human is really important to me and, and grounding. And of course, also like, I love going for walks as often as I can. So when I feel like things are too much and I'm overwhelmed or whatever, like going for a walk and listening to a good podcast is like amazing, like so good for me. So that's what I would say. And how do you balance that from 
wanting to do the personal development work and I need to work on this, 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 and kind of balancing those two. Yeah. It's hard to balance. And I, I'm trying, you know what I do? I've gotten better about having like a plan for myself each day. I, I'm, I don't like a ton of rigid structure, but I have to have like a loose structure. And so I've been trying to like, quote unquote, like schedule downtime into my day, just like fun, random stuff that is not part of like my personal growth. Uh, So actually like making it a priority because it can be hard for me sometimes to like do things that don't feel like they're productive. It's like, oh no, it's a waste of time, but I'm learning that, you know, taking rest is, is actually like filling up my, you know, filling up my own cup and it's important. And when I actually just like do things that aren't related to like personal growth, like I actually can have so many more inspirations come through when I'm just like relaxed and enjoying my life. I I wrote a blog post like two years ago and it was like, the title was like, why your obsession with self-help is unhealthy, (laughs) which was like, because I was finding that I was just getting like way too obsessed and like, like, again, I just was having trouble resting and I like went too far with it. And I think I see a lot of people do that because it makes you think like, oh, there's always some part of you that's imperfect and you're going to like reach this destination. And then you're like, not even like living life. So that, yeah, I try to steer away from that. And like the good thing, like, you know, my husband has his own style of doing things, but he's not like a self-help junkie, which is actually, again, keeps me grounded because I can just be present and live life. And it's not like, oh, let's like fix all of these things. So yeah. What's something that most people don't know about you? Mm, Oh, well, it depends on who you ask, but I like love, I love eating and I love like junk food and things like that. So a lot of people like I've done these like ask me anything like things in my Instagram stories and people will always assume like oh you always eat super healthy and like all of these and you're super into working out I'm like I actually don't like working out I do a low impact workout because I have to and I only do 20 minutes a day because I don't want to do more (laughs) so I'm not like by nature I'm not like a health fanatic at all I just do it out of necessity and I find things that I like but oh my gosh, like I'm from the Midwest. So I love like cheese curds. I love eating a cheeseburger. Like I am, I love junk food. I, I just have to balance it because I have to like eat healthy because I'm prone to the digestive issues. But at my core, like I love all of that. So yeah. I have a final question for you. If you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you want to tell her? Mm. I would want to tell her like, well, I just think of that crappy relationship. Like you deserve so much better. I don't know if I would have listened because other people told me that and I didn't listen, but I guess at the core, I would just want that version of me to know, like, you're amazing the way you are. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. You don't have to change. Like you just need to embrace who you are. Like there's nothing wrong with you. I just always used to think there was something wrong with me. So that's what I would definitely tell myself thank you so much for doing this yeah thanks for having me this was fun got to talk about some different stuff which I love (laughs) yeah I love doing this and where can we connect with you online I would say Instagram huge there life by Alyssa I do have a website lifebyalyssa.com but I need to like update it so all of the links and things you'll want to find are all in my Instagram bio so definitely go over there Thank you guys so much for listening. 
I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.